genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King one heckin' sad minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us this week, and well, today, I guess, is uh, our friend Rachel Gatlin. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. Are you excited to talk about some sadness? Uh, all, always. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I've... I've got this reputation amongst other podcasts i like to pick the drama filled moments apparently mm-hmm. like i just did a guest spot on gilmore ball z probably by the time this episode airs it'll be you know weeks and weeks ago but i picked a really really drama filled episode of gilmore <laughs> girls to talk about <laughs> i am so fascinated by the idea of that podcast <laughs> They, you know, the first time I heard about it, I was like, this can't possibly work, but it does. That's so funny. I, I I should listen to that. You really should. Yeah. Shout Is out to because, us. Is it because, like, do they have the same amount of episodes between the two shows or it's just like... Um, yeah, somehow it kind of works out. I think a couple of times they've combined to DBZ Kai episodes to fit with the, the Gilmore Girls episode. Uh-huh. But yeah, somehow they worked it out, and it, it it's kind of weird when the plot lines mesh. That's um, so funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of drama in DBZ, a lot of interpersonal yeah. drama. Yeah, I mean, less so in Kai because it's like condensed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It it is funny when it's like, oh, this is the exact same plot line. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me more Vegeta dealing with his feelings for Bulma and his son. I, I... <laughs> DBZ is just the yelling and explosions. So like, yeah, that's about right. And Green Dad. And Green Dad. Yeah. It, like watching it within a like more of an adult perspective, you pick up on the character stuff that you oh, just okay. never noticed as a kid. That's yeah. legit. Because just kung fu fighting. Yeah. Because when you're a kid, it's like oh explosions and blah. yeah. But later, it's like oh, there's actual people in this show <laughs> <laughs> with emotions, right? So um, I guess we'll talk about Lord of the Rings now. Um, Today (laughs) we're talking about um, Minute 91, which starts with Gandalf saying, Faramir, your father's will has turned to madness. Um, And it ends with some soldiers on the walls of Minas Tirith overlooking the, um, well, I guess the Pelennor Fields, right? Yeah. Mm. Faramir and his soldiers riding out. There they go. There they go. Never to return. <laughs> um. Okay. I don't know where to begin with this. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this... I-, I said before we started recording that it's been a long time since I've watched the whole movie. Did Gandalf always have like psychic powers, or is this kind of a new thing now that he's Gandalf the White? Maybe psychic powers is wrong, but he, he the the way he kind of ends this minute, he's like, I know what's going to happen. I've I've kind of mentioned this before in so far in Return of the King, that his role as Gandalf since becoming Gandalf the White, from like a, an archetype perspective, has changed. Because mm. Gandalf the Gray, he's more of a guide, 
Yeah. And Gandalf the White, he has a certain amount of like um the Oracle in him. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think some of like the the visual of him being all white, I think, kind of enhances that feeling of the way he talks about stuff. Right. Because we associate uh both pure white and like pure black as colors with magic and power of varying degrees, mm-hmm. just like culturally. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting that he's shifted to a pure color and his, like, his wisdom is heightened. Hmm. Do you think it's because he, like, went to space heaven and then <laughs> came back to? Like... Yeah, he he probably had a conversation with the Valar and was just like, guys, <laughs> I need some help. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. Lauren, it's fine. I know you need me to die, but, like, just give me, like, a couple more months because this is going to, this is going to be bad. Right? Do you know what's going on down there? <laughs> I think it's I think it's an amount of wisdom that mirrors foresight, but it's not true seeing of the future. He knows certain things that are going to happen mm-hmm. uh, because he was he did go back to Valinor for a brief moment. So I think that there is some things that he knows for sure need to be done, but he doesn't under he doesn't know for sure uh, all the details of things. He was just kind of told you need to make sure that this happens. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he like, knows the major beats, but he doesn't know the whole story. Right. And I don't think it's from, like, him being able to see the future. I think it's because the Valar, like, tipped him off. Ah. In, um, in Fellowship, though, when he's still Gandalf the Grey and he's talking to Frodo about, um, like, that conversation they have in Moria. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. I don't think it's true foresight. Yeah. So I think, like, he, I think it's, like, intuition and also just, like... Talking to Galadriel. The the thing that we're like, because you the thing that we're talking about is like, um, Denethor remembering that he actually cares about Faramir, right? Well, mm. yeah, but see, I I think that uh, he will remember it for the before the end. Like your father loves you. I think that too is just like supposed to be the wisdom of Gandalf and not a telling of the future. Mm. I think that's just supposed to be him. It also could be a certain amount of uh, naivety in Gandalf that still believes that there's good in this guy yeah and he's not wrong i mean i i would argue he really kind of is but but um <laughs> the way in which he expresses that is horrible mm. so when we were just watching the minute back before we started recording and gandalf says your your father loves you faramir my my brain just flashed the chris hemsworth thor meme does he though <laughs> does he though <laughs> though <laughs> that's interesting that you bring up thor though because like mm. guess who else has daddy issues well yeah <laughs> um, uh everyone in marvel movies yeah yeah except maybe cap i guess yeah yeah well no he's not well adjusted we never all. even see his parents <laughs> yeah it's because they're both dead i'm pretty sure i don't know actually off the top of my head i mean they uh, presumably they would be because like oh yeah would, now in yeah. like 2019 but yeah, yeah right 20, yeah. 20, unless, never unless they too got captain america powers in some <laughs> right. offshoot comic somewhere i don't know right because when uh when end game ends cap would be a hundred and five mm. dang <laughs> I believe. Because <laughs> I believe Captain America's birthday is July 4th, 1918. Oh. That sounds correct. Yeah. Which is actually the same birthday as my grandfather. Oh, oh. really? 
Yeah. Is your grandfather Captain America? No. Oh. <laughs> he did fight in World War II, though. There you go. Close Punch, enough. Punching Nazis. I. This ride through the street is so freaking sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the minute right before this is haunting. Yes. And yeah, like, all these people are trying to be brave and, you know, give flowers to the soldiers, but, like, they're probably all saying, these guys are going to die. <laughs> oh, they're all, everyone on the streets, soldiers and citizens, are all thinking the same thing. Yeah. This is the last time we're going to see each other. Yeah. Here are some flowers. I hope some pretty ones make it onto your grave. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's too early in the morning to talk about this stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. We get a nice shot of the guy riding that, uh, riding the horse statue, the, the full statue in this minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we only saw, like, the legs of the horse before. I enjoy how their armor has remained virtually unchanged since this statue has been in the square. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it looks pretty much the same as the armor from the prologue. Yeah. 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 They are uh, in the in the commentary. I think it's I think it's Chris Henna. She talks about um, the costume designer. right? Yeah. She talks about how she doesn't really like the design of the Gondorian armor uh, in a vacuum. But in the context of the movie and the narrative. It really places them as like a people out of time, so deeply connected to the past. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because you would think like, oh, here's a statue of our great hero. Let's let's try to look like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like how all links in the, in the Zelda series all wear green, in reverence to the, like the original Link. You know? Except for Breath of the Wild, Link, Except for that until you one, find yeah. all the shrines. Yeah, which I did not game? do. I, I, got, <laughs> I beat the game and I was like, I'm done. I'm not I'm not going to go on this dumb fetch quest. I beat Calamity <laughs> again, and I'm, I'm good. Right? And now Breath of the Wild, Link's default costume is blue. Oh. Yeah, which I like. I like blue. Yeah. It's a nice color. It's supposed to be like, uh, it's because his blue tunic in Breath of the Wild is... The, the blue it is is more of a color associated with the royal family of Hyrule. And mm. he's like the princess's sworn knight. Mm. When I first sense. saw pictures, I thought it was his Link's pajamas from um, Wind Waker. Because he yeah. also has like those blue pajamas. And I was like, that's an awesome throwback. But that's not what it is. <laughs> Once you, when you beat Wind Waker, you can actually play through the whole game in those pajamas instead yeah, of ever yeah, yeah. actually getting the hero's tunic. That's so yeah. funny. It's the best. <laughs> I just got out of bed. I gotta fight this giant bird. <laughs> oh, Grandma. Let me go back to bed. <laughs> in um, in looking at these helmets that these guys are wearing, um, why doesn't Faramir have the cool wings? He does, but they're not as apparent. You, We get a better look at him from the side when he's doing the charge. They're like part of his, his helmet, but like like 12 seconds in there's that guy next to him with like the cool wings that are like sticking out of his helmet yeah the from fa- the prologue it looks it looks like um like a sealder's helmet well yeah because it's, it's different so it's it makes him stand out with all the other dudes his yeah, helmet's but, like, different he shouldn't he have like bigger wings because he's the the son of the steward i, mm. I don't know i like i like the the texture on Faramir's helmet. Mm. The, like the vines or the branches of the tree or whatever that are kind of 
spiraling around above the brow. Where those branches are situated, though, it looks kind of like antlers instead of yeah. branches. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I know this that nose piece is more for practicality, but I'd imagine that like messes with your field of vision a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've, yeah. I've actually put on like uh, a helmet styled like this. You can't see anything beside you. No, you have absolutely no peripheral vision in, with a helmet like this on. So how does that help you in battle? It doesn't. <laughs> it's for protection. Yeah. Most armor isn't really all that practical, uh, I don't think. Full plate, like full plate mail, right at the height of its use, or not the height of its use, but the, the height of the technology, right before it kind of fell out of favor, uh, was actually supposedly more easy to use than chain mail of the same time. Hmm. I don't know if I told this story on one of my last guest spots, but I had a full-blown panic attack in um, the art museum, like in the armor wing, because there was this helmet where, like, it was this tiny little slit where the eyes went and there was no way out of that helmet or something. And like, Oh my god. I, I had, like, an extreme claustrophobia like panic attack. Oh no! <laughs> I had to get out of there. And then, like, I tried to turn and then there was another torture helmet. It was awful. I, I don't go into the armor section of the museum anymore for that reason. Because <laughs> just the thought of wearing this thing and you can't see and like it's hard to take off and oh, mm-hmm. no, thank you. I mean, there's just there. There's no good way to have uh, unclouded vision and still protect your entire head. Yeah. It's some like man in the iron mask nonsense. Oof. Yeah. Are we going to talk about Faramir's dialogue here? <laughs> yes, I would love to. It's very reminiscent of um, Boromir's speech in that flashback in Two Towers, I think. Mm. And I think that's on purpose. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, because it's very... Um, the, and the way he delivers it, I think he is trying to get himself to believe these things, even though he's like, no, nah, I'm going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. He's more saying it to be... To seem brave and comfort his people. he d- I don't think he believes anything he's saying because mm-hmm. he knows the stakes are really high. Yeah. And, you know, if some of the men behind him and the people around him hear him say that, those will be his last words and they're good last words. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is, that, th- is that too calculating for Faramir? Uh, no, I don't think so. As a man who lived his life. Uh, doing everything he could to please his father yeah. to no avail. I think his That's entire legit. life is calculated. That's legit. Mm. Poor sad boy Faramir. Nobody mm. loves him. Oh. <laughs> Gandalf does. Gandalf does, yeah. Pippin does. <laughs> and then Eowyn does. Yeah. Once they meet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this uh, I I think it is very much on purpose that those lines kind of mirror what Boromir says during yeah. the retaking of Osgiliath. Because I think it's because he says um, beauty. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the line for that Boromir says. Like it's it's beauty and music and, and light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I also like that there's a there is a a drop of you know this is the city of the men of Numenor. Mm-hmm. I like it when there's like little seeds of the deeper lore kind of sprinkled into the dialogue. Yeah. Because it actually doesn't happen that often. Like we know some of this stuff just because just of what of, we're doing. Yeah. Uh but 
it's not often that actual references to like the deeper history are actually called out in the the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's usually through visuals or just, you know, the design team talking about stuff and like why stuff looks the way it does, it comes up. So I think it's cool to actually hear someone say Numenor. Well, I like that there's um like a star motif. Like not only on on Faramir's helmet, but like on this random soldier's like, what's the nose piece called? Is it a nose guard? It's probably called a nose guard. I don't remember. Yeah, I there, think, there's I like think a right. there's like a four pointed star, and that's what like Numenor looked like, right? Numenor was a five pointed star. The island. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, and I don't know what what the heck that. Well, it's just that. like stars, like stars and birds and trees. It's just the iconography of Gondor. Mm, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Like they were seafaring people, they they had a cutting of the the trees of Valinor, and then they brought a cutting of that cutting with them mm-hmm. to plant in Gondor. So they have reverence for trees, or this one tree at least. The one tree to rule them all. <laughs> if this is a one tree hill, one might say. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! Boo! I can't believe I haven't made that joke yet. Boo this man. I, I feel most bad for the horses. Yeah. Like, I always feel yeah. bad for horses in any kind of battle because they don't know what's going on. They're just like, la la la, I'm a horse. Oh no, I'm dead. Oh. <laughs> they, need, they need a leader out there. We're Shadowfax to be the lord of all the horses. All those horses that got mowed down like 15 minutes ago, like with the, um, the Nazgul, mm-hmm. just like picking them up. Yeah. Poor babies. Yeah. Yeah, this I really is... like the um, the music that accompanies this scene too. Right? Yeah. How many different kind of uh, arrangements of the Gondor theme are there in this movie? Uh, I don't know. There's, there's got to be a lot. I haven't been keeping track. Because like this is another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just it just feels like there are so many. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be with the same thing with the Rohan theme that yeah. gets reused a lot. And the Ring theme. Those are probably yeah. the three most used. Yeah. Across the trilogy. Because we yeah. get the fellowship theme, but it's usually a very similar arrangement when we hear it. Mm-hmm. Because they want that one to just be like, this is kind of the theme for the whole, the trilogy as a whole, mm-hmm. for the characters right. themselves. So it's important for that one to just be like, oh yeah, the fellowship theme. And the ring theme kind of doubles as Gollum's theme, which is why we hear it so often. Yeah. Yeah. At the very end of the minute here, we get this random dude that was just like, it is has... Denethor has foreseen, like, I don't know, yes, a couple weeks ago. The same dude. Um, Why didn't he go back out with them? I don't know if he was out with them in the first place. I think that that guy was already in the city. He's a member of the city guard. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you probably need some soldiers left to guard the city, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot here, but, like, it's, yeah. just, it's just that one dude, and he's not wearing his helmet. Oh, the, the blonde dude. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the dude that stepped out of the background the when they arrived back extra. in the city. I don't even know if he has a name. <laughs> He's oh, wearing Lord a Denethor very... has long foreseen this doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's wearing a very bad wig, I will say. It doesn't quite fit him. <laughs> you'd think you'd think they would get a better wig for this guy, but I guess because he's not a lead. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Isn't there a, a scene with a, a kid wearing a, an exceptionally bad wig? I think it's in Two Towers. Where it's like, you could see his real hair underneath. I didn't notice. <sighs> That's funny. Yeah, th- there's a child wearing a, a very, very bad, ill-fitting wig. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Because, I mean, a kid, 
maybe it fit them okay at, at first, but maybe they were playing with it and like pulling at it and stuff on their head. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or it was like a reshoot and they had grown like two feet by then. Like, oh, yeah. this doesn't fit him anymore. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I like this little scene of the door opening near the end of the minute, too, like 45 seconds in. Because mm-hmm. uh, apparently this door on the set just opened to the back of the quarry. <laughs> so there's they just put up a big blue screen. Yeah. And dropped the the Pelinor Fields thing in. Uh, which you can you can tell that that's not really there. Like that doesn't look real to me right, at all. Yeah. The perspective is all wrong. It's it's I mean it's fine. I like the um the imagery of it. Like yeah. the door opens and there's all this like white stone and then it's just like dark and yeah. red. Yeah. For sure. They're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> so there's uh with all the guys still in there on the wall. They are really not sending a lot of guys out here on horseback. No. No. They're just they're just not. Denethor it, it was just like, like, take whoever was willing to come with you. I mean, in the shot right at the end, there's at least like twenty guys in the front and maybe another twenty up at the top. Yeah. So there's yeah. probably hundreds of soldiers still left in the city. Oh, maybe even like a couple thousand. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Because there's a bunch of them once the battle start, which is yeah. good, but like yeah. 10,000 orcs attacked Helm's Deep, right? Yes. That's the thing. Yes. So, there are more orcs here. Mm-hmm. And there were how many men at Helm's Deep? It's what? Uh, 3,000? Uh, if that. No, it's... How many men is it? Aemer shows up with 3,000 guys. Yeah, he has like 2,000. 2,000 so, like, guys. I don't know. I think there's less than... It's, I don't know. It's been a while, Norman. <laughs> um, it's Tolkien's own version of the story of the Battle of 300. That's what Helm's Deep is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, but it, it, there's more than 300 guys at Helm's Deep. I think, I feel like the number's 3,000. Maybe it's like 1,500. It's not that much. No, I think it's, yeah, I think it's less than 2,000. And so there's definitely way more men than that here in Gondor. Yes. Because there's at least twice that many orcs coming. And they're still like, where's Rohan? Like... Yeah. And, th- and then there's guys from the, the there's guys from the south and the s- pirates are supposed oh, to be true. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this battle is crazy mm. with the sheer number of people. And there's enough Gondorians and Rohirrim to like contest it. Contest them. Yeah. So like there's there's so many soldiers here. Why aren't they going out? <laughs> Why aren't more of them going out on horseback? Because Denethor mm. doesn't actually want them to come back. This yeah, is just uh, this is just every soldier willing to make a uh, noble sacrifice now and not being not having to fight in the battle. Right. They're like, well, maybe I'll die now and I won't have to fight later. I'll be fine, right? You know, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll die a martyr. If they get out of this, I'll be remembered a hero. Right. Okay. But what if he survives and he has to come home and his horrible wife is like, you have to go back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you you didn't bring honor to the family. <laughs> or like worse, like he survives and then like during the siege in the city, like his family doesn't. Yeah. And oh. then he still survives the war. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the worst. This poor, this poor man. <laughs> this poor hypothetical soldier. <laughs> 
It's like the guy two people to the right of Faramir. <laughs> he just watches Faramir die. <laughs> well, Faramir's the only one that comes back, right? Yeah, because they send him back. Yeah. They tie him to his horse and just send it back to the city. Big Which oof. is a great way for him to have actually died. Right? Because, <laughs> you know, falling off a horse and getting dragged by it, it kills people in real life. Mm-hmm. Kind of a lot. But I think uh, I think that wraps it up for this moment. Yep. I'm really excited. This is like my favorite scene in the whole trilogy coming up. So like, I'm mm-hmm. super, super pumped. Um, but thanks for joining us uh, today and this whole week, Rachel. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, do you have anything that you would like to pimp while you are on our show? <laughs> <laughs> well, as of this recording, TMNT Minute is on an extended hiatus because mm. we need a break. Um, but seasons one and two are out there on the internet for your binging pleasure. Um, I don't know what's going on with Geek by Night. That's also on an extended hiatus. <laughs> um, but... Adam, my partner in podcasting and in life, is working on a small side project called Tales from the Short Box, where he and his friends from the comic book shop talk about this week's current comic books. So if any of your listeners are in, are current on comic books, I would urge them to go check out Tales from the Short Box, which is also a fledgling podcast in the dueling genre family. Yeah. Um, they need some listeners, so please give them some love. For sure. And like we try and like talk them up on here too, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how big the like the Venn diagram is between. Well, I imagine it's pretty big. But you see, between like fantasy fans and comic book readers, yeah, 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 maybe. And there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of comics. Anyway, if you read comics, yeah. check out the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and our social medias are last week's comics, I believe. So they're on Instagram and Twitter, and they have a Facebook group. Nice. Um, and so we are all from the website duelinggenre.com. Um, check all of us out there, as we've been saying. And if you haven't, um, and if you would like to become a patron, um, you can go to duelinggenre.com slash support to access our Patreon page. Um, and I believe Scott just updated all the tiers and stuff, so uh, check that out. Um Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about some, I don't know, futility. Bye. Bye. Bye.